Content warning. This episode includes reference to alcohol, nightmares, and sleep paralysis, violence against animals, and the constant disappointment of those whose approval you long for. Hi, I'm Brad. I'll be playing Bayushi Minoru of the Bayushi Death Dealer School. My name is Charlie, and I'll be playing our illusionist, Soshi Yuzume. I'm Evan Strait, and I'll be playing Sakai no Doji Ikkyo, a member of the Doji Bureaucrat School. My name is Sam, and I'll be playing Asahina Hajime, a member of the Kakita Duelist School. I'm Ludu, and I'll be playing the Emerald Land as well as all its wonders and horrors. Last time on Crimson Gold Agonies, my co-workers and I returned to Hirasaka after having successfully retrieved the missing Hiruma Peshai from the Uwebe Marshes. Much to our delight, we arrived in time for the local doll festival, and spent an evening catching up with old acquaintances and sampling local delicacies. The rest was a brief one, as the next morning we were summoned before the Imperial Trio, and tasked with bringing a dangerous criminal to justice, the warlord Nagokita. Once thought executed for the vileness of his deeds, he seems to have circumvented the effects of execution somehow, and is back to spreading terror throughout nearby unicorn lands. With special thanks to Paisley and Kevin Veal for all of their support. One of you be a dear and fetch me something for this headache, hmm? So, you go around talking to people, getting some of the Ashigaru armor that is still giving to the militia, and you find that there is a few suits that should fit you bearing the, the the gray and red mon of the mod clan and while you are going around you find out that um, as you go through the records to see where is armor and whatnot you find out uh, a name about the tax collector that uh, has been collecting taxes from the region on the last few years and you get a name, Otomu Ideku. I resolve to ask Aiko about him. Because if Aiko has already heard of this person, then he probably could tell me everything about him. He's a tax collector. That's like his whole deal. Um, when Hajime mentions this particular Otomo, Aiko acts a little bit surprised and says, Hideko-san, I did not realize he had been assigned to... This region, he is a organized man capable of filing anything with almost as much as efficiency as I have seen in Yuzume-san. I believe that if you are looking for anything in particular from him, you find it neat and orderly in a way that is easy to follow along with. I am pleased to learn that he is in the area. Thank you, Hijame-san. 
uh, Hajime's eyes glazed over very shortly after after Aiko started talking about the merits of a very good tax collector. And when he said, when Aiko says his name, he says, "You are quite welcome, Aiko-san." Yes, of course. As for Peshai, as I'm making arrangements around town, I'm going to basically swing through the House of the Evergreens, and I go upstairs and knock firmly but politely on his door. Peshai-kun, good morning. Mm. Oh, is it this late? I missed my morning exercises. Well, Peshai-san, why don't you go ahead and dress yourself, and I have an idea as to how we can make sure that you get those in. And uh, he gets out, still groggy. While he's dressing himself, I pop downstairs and grab probably a couple, like, rice balls, if Baba has anything on hand, just something quick that I can just, like, give him so that he can eat while we walk. What's going wrong, Gangnam? Yeah, once he is dressed and while he's eating... Uh, I tell him, Peshaikun, Bayushi-sama and I and the rest of the Yoriki have to take a brief trip out of town for the next, well, for a short period of time. It shouldn't be long, but in the meantime, I have a, an acquaintance that I think you would probably very much enjoy meeting. Tell me, have you spent much time around Dragon Samurai? I never saw a dragon. Well... Today we are going to try and change that. So there is actually a small samurai house on the other side of the garden and the bathhouse, which is basically their private residence when they are there. Yeah, there are servants, which you recognize as one of the... that usually is from the inn, but uh, now he's taking care of this. Good morning. Uh... I was coming to see if Miramoto Sanai-san is in at the moment. I would like to speak with her if she is available. Oh, yes. I think she's going over letters from home. I'll tell her if she's ready to receive you. Thank you very much. And she comes a bit afterwards and she says, Eh, mistress is waiting for you. Hajime nods in appreciation. He says, come along, Pesha. And we head back to wherever she's waiting. Yeah, she seems to be uh, wearing uh, only a yukata, going through what seems to be a lot of bookkeeping and frowning at that. And she messages her eyes and then sees you entering and she rises and smiles and then she sees Peshai and loses the smile. Uh, uh, Miramoto-san. Azahina-sama. Um, Good to see you again. You as well. How does the day find you? Hopefully not too frustrated. Um, and I sort of, like, just flick eyes over at the letters and then back at her. Well, probably similar frustrations that you face every day. It's very hard to get a, any operation running on a town that has suffered so much as Hirosaka has. Is that your little brother? Uh, he says, of course, I'm so sorry. Where are my manners? Miramoto-sanai, meet Haruma Peshai. Mm, Peshai bows. Uh, Peshai-kun was exploring the marshes of the Daidoji, and we will be returning him to his home at some point in the future. But I came to ask a favor of you, if you wouldn't mind, at least hearing me out. 
It's pretty forward for from you. As a Hinesama, I thought the crane usually took a few years before asking for favors. Some do. Some are more direct. I am one who prefers directness. Uh, my magistrate, Bayushi-sama, has been called out of town for some duty, and we don't want Peshai here to be left unattended. He is precocious. He's, like, grinning about it. And he says, if you would like a reprieve from some of the running work that you are dealing with, I am certain that vigorous physical activity would probably very much engage our young Peshai here. Is there any chance that you wouldn't mind entertaining him for a few days? And perhaps when I return, I can treat you to dinner? Hera is narrow, and their words are cold. I see that Asahina Sama considers the duties of some less urgent as his, of those not blessed with an emerald office, but when called so easily put them aside. I in no way consider your duty less important, Miramoto-san. I did not mean to suggest so, if I, or if I did. But I understand that the frustrations of busy work to those of us who enjoy the finer things in life might be more easily sated if an outlet is present. So, uh, what emotion is being stirred on uh, Ajima's mind as he lies sincerely as he can to Sanai? Um, one, I, I, he genuinely does not want to burn this bridge. He actually does like Sanai, um, even though she is irritated at him in this moment. But two, I think he actually did sort of put his foot in his mouth here. So he is trying to backpedal without making it look like he's backpedaling, basically. She still seems deeply annoyed and cold to you, but she forces a cordial smile. Of course. And I'm sure that as a proper young samurai, I'm sure young Pashai will be helping me on my duties and will in no way be a source of trouble. And then the cold stare falls on Peshai. As she says that, I turn to Peshai and say, I am quite certain of that myself. As graciously as I literally can, I thank her profusely without making it seem like I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying not to show that I'm relieved, definitely, but I am trying to also make it very obvious that she is genuinely helping us and I appreciate it. Is there any brief research we could do into who this person that we're going after is? Yes, Lord Nagokita. Then she would be looking at records, so doing research. So you saw, you lose a lot of time. The problem here is that you keep looking for on the records for Lord Nagokita, and you realize that whoever this person is, they had little or no interaction with the mod or Hirosaka in the past. And as such, nobody seemed to have taken the effort to take down any details about him. 
and that's the block you hit because you're trying to just reference to things that you can find, to things that you can associate and compare with records. But you kind of need to make a jump in logic to actually find a trail that you can pursue. And having only a name, it's very hard to do that. Easy may will spend some time trying to find out about the person that they are tracking. Unfortunately, doesn't really get the information she wants, but I guess she remembers someone she can talk to. Yes, she remembers the other thing that the letter mentions, that this person, before becoming a criminal, they used it to be a vassal of the Lion Clan. And do you know Matsumidori, a local lion? I do know Matsumidori. Okay, then I will go and see Matsumidori on my own. So you find Midori training in the courtyard, still on uh, wearing morning colors. She seems a bit uh, suspicious, but polite when she sees uh, you approaching. You can see that uh, her work repairing her home is still going slowly. You kind of wonder where she's been sleeping. And she takes a pause to come to meet you at what remains of the garden. Sashi-sama, I hope uh, there have not been more complaints. Yuzume smiles and says, Not a single one has reached my ears in quite some time. However... Sometimes complaints are just idle things. Have you been receiving many yourself? Nobody has dared to do so. They've been so far respectful of the time my family required. I am glad to hear of it. I uh, must apologize for interrupting you. Um, However, I was hoping that you might be able to spare me some of your time this afternoon uh, to assist with a matter concerning the Emerald Office. Please, take a seat. I apologize that I don't have anything to offer you. Is this as part of an investigation? If it's so, I would have to ask you to notify the Lion Clan. And naturally, I would seek to notify your clan as soon as possible. However, we ride out this afternoon and it is to face a potentially dangerous foe. Um, My own research has not borne the fruit that I wished it would. And so I was hoping that before we leave, if you knew anything of our quarry, you might be in a position to share it with me. She seems pleased. I'm grateful that you have considered me for looking for tactical insight. Soshi-sama, tell, tell me, how can the, a student of leadership help you? We are looking for a man by the name of Ikoma Nagokita. I understand that he has been running free in the neighboring territories of the unicorn and the lion for some time. And if you knew of his name, potentially his tactics, Anything that might help us bring him to justice, it would be a great help to us. She clenches her fists and the knuckles grow white as blood seems to be retreating from the surface of her skin as if she is mustering for quick action. How dare you 
come into my house and bring back this shame that the stained the lion clan from before the time I was a girl and address that scam as a member of the Ikoma family. That monster, that repugnant creature has been slain by his own vessels and his head mounted and sent to the unicorn as penance. Why do you mock me so much by dredging that out as something you are pursuing? I would never seek to mock you, Matsu-san, and I apologize if the information that we have been given is out of date. Perhaps someone is using the name to stir up fear in the region. You have my sincerest apologies. Okay, so tell me, why is this so emotional for you? Why this reaction of this woman and trying to convey your true feelings to her? Why is it messing so much with you? What is being aroused? Um, it's, it's really hard to pretend to, or not even pretend, like she does genuinely, she is genuinely apologetic um, because this has stirred up such emotion in Midori. But, and it's also while she's grieving, but it's really hard for her to display those kinds of sentiments. Um, like she's been called cruel ever since she was in her early teens and she's definitely used it to her advantage and gotten used to people just seeing her that way. So she's never really had to try to comfort people to this degree before. And it's, it's hard and hard for her and she's not sure that she's actually pulled it off. So Midori looks at you. She seems to be contemplated for a while, staring at your uncovered side of the face. Then she just releases a sigh and she still seems to be as pale and angry as before, but her anger seems to be diverted somewhere else. If that scam is alive, if they have managed to trick the lion and unicorn once again, then Nagokita should be our top priority. And as much as it displeases me to realize this, it is my duty as a representative of the lion in Arasaka to help you with this. I don't know much about the matter, but anything that I can tell you about that scam, I will gladly inform you. Please, Soshi-sama, ask any questions you need to ask. Yuzume just bows very low, says, thank you. Matsu-san, if, if you could, are you aware of the tactics that he used in battle? Larga Nagokita is a treacherous bastard. He's an honorless dog. He avoids confrontation whenever possible. He disguises his troops under civilian guises and only orders them to attack when he knows that he can win with minimal losses. He's a formidable warrior and it will be hard to vanquish on a fair fight. So it is actually a blessing that he's such a coward. 
However, it will be pretty tricky to outmaneuver someone that reads treasury. Thank you, Matsu-san. I will take this to my magistrate and inform him of everything that you have done to help us. And I assure you that we will bring this man, be it someone using his name or the real monster himself, to justice. Anything else that you need to know? Anything that you could tell us that will ensure that we make it back? Hmm. Lord Nagokita was not the only lord of the region. He was a very minor lord. His family never attended court. And there are already meager territories they had to share with the unicorn, with Lord Ashimoto. The crime that incited an escalation of, I cannot even describe it, an escalation of blasphemy started with conflict between Lord Nagokita and Lord Ashimoto. Apparently, Nagokita was not satisfied with having to share his meager domains with Ashimoto. So under treasure, he butchered the Lord and his entire family when they were his guests. He's a formidable warrior, but he's also extremely skilled with words. Don't get within reach of his sword and won't get within reach of his tongue. Thank you, Matsusan. Luckily, I am not too worried about having to get that close to him. And she smiles just just a tiny bit um, and sort of swirls her finger next to her cheek. If she can just get the air kami to move around a little bit, just for effect. So, Aiko, everyone is rushing around looking for armors, preparing for the horses. You, everyone seems kind of to have forgotten you. So you have a weird, peaceful moment in the eye of this storm that is ongoing around you. So what does Aiko do? Aiko was inspired by the communal space and the common quarters being rebuilt the festival last night. And had some ideas to begin drafting up the zoning and supplies needed for reconstruction on the Riverside District. And so he's just going to wait at the office until the rest of the party comes back from whatever their chores are, working on some paperwork, getting some outlying documents, requests, supply tallies written up, things that he can uh, write down so that when the construction of the Riverside Quarter comes through, it'll be much smoother. Mm-hmm. So, what exactly is this? Are you requisitioning stuff? Are you designing yourself some proposals for the Riverside? Are you trying to make sure that this is rebuilt in a way which the crane merchants profit the most? This is getting ready for the presentation before your boss uh, the next morning on the project you've been assigned to. He's just outlying all the facts and figures that could go into the rebuilding. He's trying to get all the information into one place, into one conveniently secured file of documents. Uh, early proposals for types of structures that could be rebuilt to enhance the efficiency of the Riverside. The Moth weren't particularly 
noted for their mercantile efforts, and it's something ICO has a background in. So overall, this is like all the paperwork and stuff you would need to show somebody, hey, look how easily we can rebuild the Riverside Quarter. Here's all the supplies we'd exactly need, and here are some rudimentary building designs that jumpstart us so that we know how to start. So you are clearly enjoying yourself, but at the same time, there is some anxiety that does not leave you. But you must have made countless presentations either for Lady Otaro or for Kitsu Sojo or even worse, for a bunch of uh, nitpicky Otomo. Why is this one uh, kind of eating you up? I think Aiko sat down with his original intent to be just... He wanted to do something that was useful, but also relax and enjoy himself. And as he got into the work, he realized more and more of the numbers that will be required for the event. He realized that the construction will take some form of labor that isn't currently available in Hirosaka. And instead of just enjoying himself in the moment and the beauty of the brushwork of the ink lines of the characters... He ended up just becoming obsessed with the actual work of the project. And where it started out as a way to pass the time enjoyably, it ended up just becoming a work assignment that he put a lot of effort into making it look correct. So it is then. Are you going to present it to someone now? Are you going to present it to someone later? Are you going to send it to someone? This is for later. Aiko's just preparing it now because he knows they need to head out of town, that Minoru has an important duty ahead of him. And this is so that when they return, hopefully soon, Aiko can jumpstart the process once he returns. Okay. Okay, so we meet the four of you. Leaving in the afternoon for a long ride and you have to leave the roads pretty early as you circumvent the northern parts of the lake and you pass past uh, Split Rock Village and as soon as you are out of the territory under control of uh, Irasaka, you realize that... Um, this is pretty light populated. This is very low density, especially further away from the lake. There are not really places that you can call villages. They mostly seem to be dispersed hamlets built to capitalize on one job or industry. Most of the structures seem temporary, as if the people mostly live somewhere else during the year and there are also not any patrols around you can see a familiar symbol along some of the road trail markers that you recognize as that the running band of the guards rot uses as heraldry and Yuzume, what odd acknowledgement to nominal unicorn control of these territories you find as you travel to meet the local nobility? Would it make sense if the few people we do see um, are wearing furs? I mean, yeah, you can see that a lot of the peasants that you see working, 
they seem to be wearing a rough cloth, hard working, uh, working clothing, and they seem to have no problems reinforcing it with leather and furs, taking in the most practical aspects of being ruled by the unicorn. And you keep further ahead, and Aikum, how does the neglect and abandonment of these regions shows the most? What tells you that this place is too light populated to be fully exploited and even all the industries, hamlets around you, they are not able to reach their full potential? It's actually the lack of livestock. Ico and his travels across the Empire has seen the difference between a well-prospering town and a surviving hamlet and the amount of livestock that people have at their uh, ability to kept fed, to herd and to keep for resources, for food, for uh, materials. Uh, smaller areas just don't have the space or population to keep those animals, and everything is pretty sparse out here. Just mostly small bits of peasants doing their work with not a whole lot of noise coming from any livestock. Noru, the thing he notices is something that amongst families and clans that aren't the Scorpion and the Hiramori would go almost entirely unnoticed is the scrap building materials, you know, sticks to throw together uh, makeshift walls and rocks to set deadfalls for food, things to set up basic traps and defenses that an honorable, well-fed force doesn't need, but that a group of Ronin criminals going to ground absolutely do. And he notices everywhere like, huh, that tree's healthy, but it's got a bunch of sticks cut off it, not in a pattern that matches dealing with blight or oh there's a pile of rocks and all the biggest ones are missing this is bad because you left so late Hirasaka you are still on the road and you are not able to get today to the Lord's state and you notice some place that is it is the closest thing that you can call a village and it seems to have a temple, a geisha house, and a inn by the road. And there is a horse outside the, the inn called the Geta. And the horse seems to be we uh, wearing the heraldry of the fox clan. Are you going to stay here for the night or look elsewhere? Seems like a decent enough place to stay for the night. What do you all think? Seems at least moderately better than camping out under the stars. We can't guarantee that we'll find anywhere better. We also can't guarantee that our prey won't ambush at any point along the way from what Yuzume-san discovered from her discussions with Matsu-san. So any place seems as good as another. Plus, I'd rather have some walls in between me and them if they do decide to attack us in the night. I think that that is a sound assessment, Minoru-san. So yeah, we'll hitch our horses and head in. Uh, you go outside and the common room seemed to be 
mostly filled with peasants that uh, they are here after a long day of work just checking around and trading news and there is a young peasant woman that seems to be handling the inn and she rushes to you and greets you oh honorable samurai it's so great to have uh, four of you into our humble abode. What can we offer you? All we'll need is dinner and four rooms for the night. Oh, yes. Please, just take a seat, any of them. And uh, you can see the peasants going quiet, as I see two cranes and two scorpions here. As if that's the first time they ever see cranes or scorpions. And... There are a few empty tables, and there is one table where there you can see a fox samurai, a red-haired one, with an intricate bow, and he seems to be entertaining some cold tea. He notices you, and he's gonna make an effort to be acknowledged. I'll acknowledge him. He approaches. I was waiting for you, Emerald Magistrate. My name is Kitsune Anand. Brad can be found on Discord at BZAJ1648 and at Twitter at BZAJDABarbarian. Charlie can be found on Discord as recently in and on Twitter at BowserJ, where you can find links to her L5R blog. Evan can be found on Facebook as Evan Strite or Discord as PushyMushy1871. And I'm a part of another actual play for L5R called Secondhand Strife. You can check us out anywhere podcasts are distributed. Sam can be found on Discord and Reddit as Live From My Basement and on Instagram as at SJSidLogic. Lulu can be found at Deletiel on Twitter. And their design work can be found at Populesk Ludum Syndicate on DriveThruRPG and Itchu. This is a Courts Game podcast. You can find more about them at Court Games Pod on Twitter or at their site, courtgamespod.com. Legends of the Five Ring is the intellectual property currently owned by Fantasy Flight Games. D20 Radio, your gamers' role.